What's up, everyone? This is Angelo coming at you with episode 216 of Spinning Thoughts. If you love music and all this content, hit the like button and make sure you're subscribed. It's an excellent way to show your support. My guest for episode 216 is Rishi Ball from Eternal Boy. I've had him on the show before. And Eternal Boy, for those who have been following Spinning Thoughts since the beginning may know, they have an impact on how we even started here with Four Chord Music Fest and all these things that Rishi has created in the Pittsburgh music scene and beyond. So you got to dig in the archive to really find out that story. But Rishi and I talk about so much here in episode 216. Their new album, Bad Days Are Over, drops on April the 30th. It's nine killer pop pump tracks that just really a great evolution from their 2017 album awkward phase we talked so much about the new album and all of the merch and vinyl available and then we dive deep into four chord music fest 7 featuring blink 182 state champs the used and so many others without wasting any time this is my conversation with the one and only rishi from eternal boy so I am so excited to have my guest here. This is a repeat upon repeat upon repeat guest. Always welcome. I've got Rishi Ball from Eternal Boy. Rishi, what up? What's up, man? How are you? Good. It's good to see you. I like seeing everything in the background, you know, because I just miss you and I feel like I'm getting, you know, some of the less than Jake vibes, Eternal vibes, Eternal Boy vibes behind you. Um it is good to see you, my friend. It's been a long time. Uh, the pandemic has made it difficult for people to kind of get together in person, right? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's been a while. I mean, I mean, it's almost like the norm now. It's very weird, you know, Zooming and not going to a show or not going to a movie or not going to dinner. But, you know, hopefully that changes soon. I'm hoping that it does as well. So, Rishi, there is a lot that we need to talk about because regardless of what's happening in the world, uh, bands are persisting. They are moving forward and kind of pushing things forward because at the end of the day, I think we need to start just pushing it back to, you know, some sort of normalcy and bands releasing new music from the onset of the pandemic, even to right now. I've said this before. It has really helped me through. It's given me things to look forward to now that there's no shows to look forward to. Um, so I'm stoked on uh, the brand new album, Bad Days Are Over from Eternal Boy. I have already had the pleasure of listening to it um, and owning it physically on vinyl. We'll talk about the actual vinyl and stuff um, here in a little bit. But th this album kicks. It's nine amazing tracks of what you would expect from Eternal Boy, but then a lot of different stuff. So uh, Rishi. So I can stop talking and, and give you the floor. Um, give me some kind of semblance um, on when all of this started with Bad Days Are Over. I'm sure the pandemic played a role in when this dropped, released, how you approached it. Um, so that we can just say we talked about that in, in the pandemic. How has it impacted this release uh, to get to a, where we are right now? Well, Angelo, thank you for that wonderful intro, you sexy stud muffin and if only, well, I guess they can't see your face and your nice little full hawk. You fit perfect in 2007, My Chemical <laughs> Romance, Three Cheers Days. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, bad days are over um, soon, I hope. But uh, we actually finished recording the record before the pandemic. Uh, we finished uh, everything about in about February of 2020. And uh, it was supposed to come out, you know, in the in the summer of 2020, right when the original date for Four Chord Music Festival was going to happen. It was going to be that week. Um, 
but of course, uh, it's certainly affected every everything a band can do. Uh, you know, not only touring, but even you know, up until the past couple months practicing. But Bad Days Are Over is essentially a amalgam, a combination, a culmination of um, I don't know, a more mature view of the uh, of the world, the music. It's we are not trying to reinvent the wheel. We never have been. We never will. Uh, it is we make just enough progress where we might bring in some new people, but we will never alienate the reason why people liked us. Um, the, the, the album name Bad Days Are Over comes from and you can see a poster right here of a band called Rufio. Uh, they had a song um, that they released on one of their newer records where the chorus talks about, um, you know, the bad days being over. And this was actually in the running to be called um the or bad days over in the awkward phase uh sessions um but i couldn't really convince the guys that that was the right way and truth be told what a better time to have it be called bad days over during uh the pandemic so it's been very challenging we we um we did one live stream and we practiced twice you know basically wearing hazmat suits before this was when it was really hot in western pa uh now we've been you know we're all vaccinated actually in the band now we're all fully vaccinated so we um, I've been practicing more, but you know, it's just a different beast trying to release a record without playing a show. When you're a band at our size, you need to play shows. We sold of our, of awkward phase, 35% of the first week sales around were all sold from touring. We did work tour, uh, that week, uh, which we sold a bunch. So it's really going to be challenging and interesting to see what this first week, uh, holds for us for, for the new record. And we'll talk about like the week leading into the album release because the band is is really swinging for the fences to to really engage current and new listeners and pop punk lovers and and everyone in between. And honestly, man, like I'm not just saying this because I do love Eternal Boy and I've just like been in this scene with you for a lot of years in Pittsburgh. You have, but your your release week leading into April the 30th is one of the most impressive, most uh, creative, most like just really swinging for the fences like you're doing it all and we'll talk about that so i'm really excited um that you guys aren't letting things in the world slow down what eternal boy does um i feel like eternal boy kind of sticks to the same kind of people in terms of recording producing uh who was involved with bad days are over in that aspect so again well uh first of all i do also want to talk later about your involvement and my involvement in our local pittsburgh scene because people don't understand how far back it truly does go um, but yeah, so I, my biggest fault, maybe even as a person and in business is that I, I'm a very loyal person. Um, we, we did have the opportunity to record with some other people on this record. Maybe you could say some, uh, more household names in terms of producers. Um, but we absolutely adore Chris Badami. Um, Chris Badami is, he's, he, I, and I know Blink says this about Jerry Finn, but Chris is almost like our fourth member. Um, you know, he doesn't walk on our songs or shit on our songs. You know, he just adds something. He's like, you know, you know, at times they'll say, oh, well, why don't you try this chord instead of that chord? Or why don't you do this harmony? Instead of, you know, Chris is really a big mastermind behind a lot of the harmonies on the record. Uh, Chris is, you know, I cannot give a higher recommendation for anybody, even in a band listening. I mean, the guy is just a whiz. Um, he's done the starting line, early November, Alistair, Houston. I mean, he's done a ton and ton of bands that we love. And this time we added... Uh, a legend. Um, his name's Ted, De Ted Jensen. He mastered the record, um, which again, for people that don't know the process, you write the songs, you record the songs in a very, very time consuming uh, way. 
Then after it's uh, you record it, uh, the producer mixes it. And then after it's mixed, it goes even to a finer step where it gets mastered, where they kind of tweak the high and low ends. And Ted Jensen has worked with every single person you've ever listened to from Paramore to Nirvana to Green Day uh, to Newfound to, to The Offspring. I mean, he's done ab- everything. Um, so he was cool to work on this. Um, and he did that during the pandemic where we couldn't go to the mastering studio to be there with him. Uh, but we exchanged, you know, correspondence about it. So, you know, I guess we'll call it the team um, on this was was kind of similar with Chris. Um, but we added like the Ted Jensen uh, kind of flavor to it, which I think it slams. We, you know, I wish we could go through. I did I did an interview with uh, like a recording um magazine type thing a couple of days ago where we talked a lot about the specifics about like the recording process and stuff but it just this turned out this i think sonically it just it really hits at the right spot um personally um hits me in that spot you know the no-no spot but, uh so but yeah that's that's it we work with the same dudes and a lot of the same people because that's i believe in being loyal and that's and they're the good best of what they do I really, I felt some growth here. I know you're saying you're like, you're not going to try to reinvent the wheel, right? Uh, and and you don't always have to do that in everything in life, right? Like sometimes people, I think Eternal Boy really, I mean, you guys are great at um, reviving certain nostalgic feelings and stuff. I mean, that's a big theme, I think, for the band. I mean, that's the goddamn name, basically, right? Yeah. Um, so um, listening to this album, again, nine tracks, I've only... I've listened through it from start to finish maybe four or five times. I really have since I've gotten the vinyl early, been listening to it, and I really, really love it. There's a few tracks uh, that really caught me off guard, like in terms of like flow, where I was like, this is really nicely placed from um, like a quick, almost like hip-hop beat. I mean, so subtle to like that acoustic track that makes me want to cry, dude. Um, <laughs> what song would you consider uh, to, to be the one that maybe pushed you and, and the other dudes in the band the most as artists or as a band collectively? I just love being on this podcast. I just want to say, I, I love, I love the questions you ask. I love they're thought out. You know, I just did press with a uh, germ. We have like a, a, a publicist that's in Europe and I did all this press with uh, Germany. I hope this goes to Germany. Yeah. They are good. Yeah. Gesundheit. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but they asked this, the, the, these ridiculous questions. So it feels very refreshing that you asked this, these questions. Um, so I don't, we don't try to reinvent the wheel. Uh, we really don't. Um, but we do listen to a wide range of stuff. Joe, our bass player, uh, believe it or not, is in a Black Sabbath cover band <laughs> with, his, with his brother and his cousin uh, that are like, it's more like a theme band. Like they dress like, it's fucking hilarious to me because I did not, like that's not my thing, but like people love them. And so like Joe is more like heavy, but then like he was really into the offspring and like, faster punk stuff and Andy has kind of a Bruce Springsteen and then me I'm like pretty much all punk rock but I think for me you know when I listen to that whole album um and it's really funny if I, I one day I'll have to go through the code names for the songs so the songs that are on the album was as they stand um yeah those are them they don't they don't um they're they're not the the names of the songs when like when we were recording them and what we do is the name, the code names for the songs, 80% of the time are a band that we think it sounds like. So, oh, so that's for cool. example, yeah. So for an example, like um, the song, listen for the clues. Uh, that's, that's much more mellow for us, much more mid tempo. Um, it's essentially very Jimmy world. So the code name song for that was Jimmy world, you know, um, you know, we had a song that was like NFG, you know, like the newfound glory, the code name for that was NFG. So 
So, you know, call it divine inspiration or, or whatever. But I think that for me, the song that sticks out is Listen for the Clues. Um, it's, again, we're kind of a in-your-face-ish type band. You know, opening tracks are, you know, banging with, you know, like the rock beat, like constant kick drum stuff. And this is real in the pocket. And it really highlighted what Andy brings to the table, in my opinion. Um, you know, previously we were the Space Pimps and our drummer in the Space Pimps, whose name was Jared, very showy drummer. You know, very, very Travis Barkery, very original, very, you know, very good drummer. And that we highlighted that when we were in, when we were the Space Pimps. Now, Andy is like the most in the pocket drummer, like play, play, you don't need a, me we play with a metronome, but like he, he doesn't even need it. He's playing with it. And that really highlighted his um, forte and on bass. I mean, Joe is just a magnificent musician in general. He's a way better musician than me on guitar and on every, everything, really. And so that really allowed like really cool bass licks to come out and pop that, um, again, Chris and Ted did a great job bringing out in, in a mixing way. That song to me really hits a spot that we haven't done, but like it's us. Um, so for me, I would say if you want to, if you hate Eternal Boy, which there are plenty of you that do, um, and you want a second chance at us, uh, we have a great new sale on a song called Listen for the Clues that you might just like and it might fit for you. You know, I, I love I love the explanation with all that. And really, at the end of the day, I mean, there's three people in Eternal Boy, but the, the sound is powerful. Um, it, it hits and it's consistent, but it grows every single time. So kind of a good segue with that is so uh, Eternal Boy's previous album, Awkward Phase, dropped in 2017. Uh, what is the same and, and what will like what is the same with Awkward Phase and what will long longtime listeners notice being different on Bad Days Are Over? Great question. Um, first thing I do, do I want to say about the time frame, 2017 to now is a long time. Uh, when you're an independent band, you're, we're completely self-sufficient. We, we don't take any personal money or, I mean, we are a completely self-sufficient entity. So when you do that, it takes a long time to replenish funds. We did a Kickstarter that helped, but so we need to, we need to, and our goal for the next three, four years is to record more music more often but um i think people that listen to awkward phase was like it was like the it was like a new band almost i mean like people i was just reading us um somebody posted on a newfound glory fan page on uh, facebook this flyer when we did like four or five shows of newfound glory in like 2013 and it said the space pimps underneath it and a lot of people were commenting surprisingly on this page like oh my god the space was like are they still a thing and um this one person was like, yeah, like they're called eternal boy now. So like there really is a distinction between the two, in my opinion. And eternal boy was that first record to establish ourselves. But the thing is, I was a little scared. I didn't want to alienate people that loved the space pimps. So I think that the eternal boy record, though, there is a lot of great stuff on there. You know, the song demons was a big step forward for us. Um, you know, a lot of stuff was cool there. Uh, Hung Up on Hope was a great, great single. It really was much more in that um, sweet spot of what the Space Pimps did well. I think that that from an awkward phase to um, Bad Days Are Over, it is much more um, deliberate, if that makes sense. Uh, Bad Days Over is a more deliberate attempt at being the best version of Eternal Boy, not the Space Pimps version of Eternal Boy. I remember, I mean, we've had you on the show from the beginning, you know, every step of the way, you know, we always just reconnect and I love that. Um, and I remember talking to you about the transition from Space Pimps to Eternal Boy. And, and you did say you're like, look, it's the same three dudes 
We're making the same music. And and right, I mean, at that point in time, that makes complete sense. It wasn't a complete overhaul. You talked about how, you know, as you're growing up, you were being, I remember this, like being advised, like even from like a business savvy perspective, like the name may not take you as far, right? Well, you know, go back and listen to it. It's episode something, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I really respect the fact that y- Eternal Boy takes their time, you know, and, and not to just push out crap. Uh, but you guys engage with fans in between, right? Um, I don't care about the time frame in between awkward phase and bad days are over. Uh, obviously, you know, I'll take new music any day of the week. But uh, I totally am into um, just seeing this growth and development. And uh, bad days are over is full of it. Um, speaking more directly now to bad days are over. Now, I'm going to bring this up in front of me because um one of the things that I love about your album is the album artwork. Uh, and and you guys approached it so cool. It worked obviously so well with your singles, your pre-release single releases, because I mean, it just, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. I mean, each one of these are reflective of the song, like of a song of the nine songs on the album. I'm really intrigued by it. It leaves a lot of room for interpretation, um, and that's probably the goal. And I'm not looking for clarity to the point where I don't get to guess anymore. But what was this approach with this album cover with these nine different images? Like, how did you get here? This is there's probably so many options. Tell, talk to me about this, dude. That's such a good question. I love talking about the art. Um, I love. I absolutely adore the art. Um, it's it's to me, it's a work of art in many ways, and. Um, I came up with the idea we did not shoot normally like the awkward phase cover we shot we edited we did the the um this was uh the photos were taken by a guy named Bailey Zindal he's from California um he runs a whole full-fledged graphic design photography company Half Heart Media is the name of the company that he runs he's done a lot of work for me um he did the Fortune Cove uh album artwork which is a band that was signed is signed to Four Core Music uh, he's done, he did the single. So a song on Bad Days Are Over is called Promise, which is an acoustic song, which we actually recorded and released um, on Spotify and digitally whenever these shooting happened in Pittsburgh in our hometown here, where uh, there was uh, 12, 13 people were shot, killed at a synagogue here in Pittsburgh. And all the proceeds for that were given to the um, foundation that was helping the surviving family. So he did the album art for that, which was fucking unbelievable. So I gave him the idea and really... I got this idea, believe it or not, from the 1999 um, iMac Apple commercials. Um, so in like 99, they came out with uh, these computers that were all different colors of the rainbow, uh, juxtaposed on a white backdrop. And then it just, the advertising came, it was just yum. Um, it's meaning it's so good, you can eat it. And so I, I love the, min- the minimalism, uh, the super ultra modern contemporary look. So I had these ideas of, that, of items that were in the songs. And I got that idea from the show Ozark, um, where oh. Ozark has uh, four items before every episode that you will find in the actual episode. So um, we thought that it'd be good kind of like treasure hunting for people that really like the band uh, to see how they actually fit. Um, and I decided to do it like Newfound Glory self-titled, which a lot of people are commenting on, which is great. I'm not running away from it. Uh, the Newfound Glory self-titled album has a similar um, uh, strategy and outline for it and we kind of implemented it a little differently but i do like that um i do like that it's a little bit of arty it's a little bit of uh eye catching um and then on the back of the record is uh kind of all of the items that are real items it's not a graphic design those are real pictures taken um and we kind of put them together um and then with the cd itself there's actually an insert for this one 
that we have more um, like all the lyrics are are on the insert for it. And then we have um, like the liner notes and stuff like that. But uh, it was deliberate. I really, really think that the album artwork, um, I mean, excuse my my um, ostentationness, but I, I really think that we that it is it is Grammy worthy how good that artwork is. I mean, it, to me, he did just an unbelievable job. It came together great. And, um, you know, that's pretty much the story behind it, I think. It really is. I, I, it's one of the first things that caught my attention about the album when you were putting out the singles. A band that was doing this as well, Future Teens, they were releasing singles and they had like a cup of tea. I had them on the show a couple, um, you know, a couple episodes ago. They had a cup of tea, you know, just like a common thing that people could relate to. They had a thing of blocks or something like play blocks. So this just feels relatable. It, it, and, and again, there can be a lot going on on an album cover. Like, I mean, Awkward Phase has a lot going on. But it's all supposed to be one collective idea. This is nine different ideas that create one collective idea. And I just can't stop thinking about it. So it's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. First of all, Future Teen's unbelievable. Guest Room's one of my favorite songs I've heard in a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that, that means a lot. I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I think uh, I thought I thought the Awkward Phase album art was awesome, too. Um, but, you know, something something about this feels very very smooth it feels very like early 90s uh, minimalism art uh you know not to be kind of an esoteric art asshole um but uh yeah it's cool i really like it i think again the whole presentation of this because we we didn't you know i'm not focusing on booking a tour and going on tour like we had to put the time and effort into making sure that this was going to be something that was aesthetically pleasing and you know auditorily pleasing well, you nailed it, and uh, I in, implore everybody to uh, check out this album art and then uh, dive into the music when it's available on April the 30th. Three pre-release singles so you can satiate your uh, appetite uh, in the We're interim. so smart. I We're know. so fucking smart. Let's just keep fucking using big words. Let's fucking do it. I'm going to implore you to show me your... <laughs> And what did you say? Esoteric and stuff? Esoteric. It means like only understood by few, which, you know. Whatever. Which is me. Yeah. <laughs> Not understood. Oh, man, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, big words are great. So <laughs> now bad days are over. Uh, the album release week. This is a full agenda of content planned uh, from an interview with the producer, Chris, that you had referenced. Um, band practice hangout, which I can't wait for. Um, and I've never been invited to one, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, album release Q&A with acoustic songs. And then it leads into the premiere event, the album live stream on May the 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern. Tell me more about what the band has going on. I know I named some of this, but you can go into detail, whatever you want, uh, for the release week and how it all kind of came together. Uh, you know, well, what do, what do bands do whenever they have albums coming out? They tour. Uh, we can't tour, so we tried doing, you know, just so tough you know like in your in your 30s you know you're like oh let's go on tiktok and look at fucking 17 year olds dancing it's like you know so i'm trying we're trying to think of you know we are on tiktok now we are doing funny things on tiktok um andy's going to be doing our drummer is the best impersonator but he's so shy and bashful to do it i'm going to get him to do his impersonation he does a killer impersonation of a uh dirt bike believe it or not uh, it is unbelievable and you only you have to see it and hear it to believe it. Um, he does a great uh, Mrs. Doubtfire impression. He does um, a bunch. So we're, you go to our TikTok, you can figure that out. Um, but we just thought, you know, what are the ways we can 
stay active. And like, we're, we're, we're not expecting hundreds of people to go to every one of these every night, but it'll be on there. The content will stay on there. We'll save it whenever, you know, people come back, but it's, he, and here's really the big macro level marketing strategy. I'm going to let you in. All you, all you bands want to know how to be moderately successful. Here is how you become mediocrely successful. We, um, for years, bands are always constantly, constantly seeking new fans. I concur that that's very important. Okay. We've spent the last great part of the decade trying to create, you know, a fan base. We have 20,000 plus followers on most of our socials we put together some sort of competency in that regard. My goal, because we can't tour, my goal for, for this week um, and for really up to this point is to really engage the people that are already fans right now. If we can get all of those people to really buy into it, and I'm looking at the numbers in terms of our pre-saves and the streams and also our pre-orders, which are through the fucking roof, dude. It's un. I can't even believe it, how many pre-orders we've done. It's, it, that's what we want to do. We need to move records that first week so we make a big uh, footprint on the industry. So when people open up Billboard, it's like, what the fuck? Eternal Boys again on Heat Seekers? Or they're the, they're going to say stop and say, well, fuck, we better take a look at this. you know. And if you get people who really rep your brand to rep it, then it's going to permeate to other people. So uh, up until the day the album comes out and really the release show, our, our uh, attention is 100% towards those people that are already really, really into what we do. Week after, months after, that is where we will procure new fans once we have had the foundation. Um, it's hard to convince someone to buy a new album from a new band that they've never heard. If, the, if you've already established in some way, shape, or form who you are, um, and then that's when we'll start doing partnerships. You know, I just did an interview with Spin Magazine, which was fucking really cool. Um, that's going to come out after the album comes out. We have two music videos coming out after the album comes out, but that week is all digital content. You know, Chris Badami is going to be able to talk about how terrible musicians we are, which <laughs> everybody knows. Um, you know, the day after that, our good friend, Joe Regasta is in a band we've been with friends with forever. You know, very few people have helped eternal boy. Um, Kevin Lyman from work tours helped eternal boy. Joe Regasta from patent pending has helped eternal boy. Um, Mark from Goalkeeper has helped uh, uh, Eternal Boy. These people are very integral, and we sometimes forget how important our friends and our friends' bands are in being successful. Patent Penning across the UK twice. We have 700, as of today, we have 738 pre orders, physical pre orders of either a vinyl or a CD. Of those 738, 200 plus are from the UK. I owe Joe from Patent Pending. A whole, a whole, all the guys in Patent Pen, we owe them a lot. So Joe agreed to come on. Plus Joe is doing some ridiculous stuff right now that he hopefully will be able to talk about during that. Uh, the band hangout one, we kind of didn't know what to do. So we were going to just, you know, film a little bit of our, of um, give a little uh, tour where we practice our new practice space that we have. Uh, and then the countdown is going to be really cool. Actually, do I have that with me? Yeah. So we're giving away one, one of a kind shit on the countdown to the new album. We're starting at 11 p.m. It's a little late. It's going to be terribly late in other countries. But every 10 minutes, we're giving away a new piece of Eternal Boy uh, material. So we got these Yetis made that have the Eternal Boy album oh. on it, which we're going to give away. Also, we have all of the items from the front of the album, which we are going to be giving away. We're thinking we're going to give some away and we're going to maybe do like a, an auction for um, the, the, the ACLU or something like that for the rest of them. Um, so we're giving away stuff every 10 minutes. 
on uh, on that Thursday night going, and then we'll count down, and we're all going to get shit faced on O'Doul's at midnight <laughs> when the album comes out. Then Friday is going to be more calm. You know, I'm going to do some Q and A with me. I'll play a couple songs, and then on Saturday is our album release show, um, full band, full live stream. You know, like the full deal. Just you got to build hype, man. I mean, we're not, you know, we're not playing shows, and you know, you got to make a splash. And you know, it's tough to make a splash when there's thousands of bands. Um, that are, it's easier than ever to release a song. You know, I mean, it's easier than ever to be in a band in many ways. It's harder than ever and it's easier than ever uh, to be in a band. So we're just trying to engage those people that really, really care. Dude, I love that mentality. And truly, anybody listening in a band or representing a band or wanting to get in the industry, like that is honestly really, really, really good advice. Another band that does that, and you, I know you love this band, Keep Flying does that like fucking champs, dude. They That is like their ethos. Um, That's what they did with, I have two variants of uh, Survival. Um, Did you get the orange one? Wait, wait for it. Wait. Boom. Wait. Boom. See, I don't open. I don't open my really rare vinyl. Oh, you got both. Oh, fuck! What do you think? I got what do you, orange. What do you think about that, huh? Dude, that's rad. You that's like rad. That. So, fuck you. I got it first. <laughs> I was. Um, I had. I was in the spinning thoughts group chat, um, and there's like 12, 13, 14 of us. The day that this orange keep flying variant was gonna go, and I told everybody, get your ass on their website and we're all going to coordinate whoever gets one's shipping it to me. I ended up getting it in my cart, but dude, this is one of my proudest moments of, of this year. I'm not even kidding. Great, great. Band. I mean, those are our best friends. I mean, yeah. those they're, they're, uh, you know, they, they get it too. I mean, they grinded for years. They did survey says then they transitioned to keep flying. I mean, like our trajectories are, they tour way more than we do. And that's, that's part of their, how do I say it's part of their business plan? You know what I mean? It's part of their, you know, don't call it a business. It's part of their ethos. Like you said, it's part of their character. Um, you know, they, they work hard. Um, and you know, when it, when push comes to shove, all of those bands are in that group of circle with us, the us, the keep flyings, the fortune coves, the goalkeeper, the patent pendings, like those are, that's like the little subgroup. I feel like we're like the mini drive-through records, you know, of, uh, 2021, much less successful version of drive through records. Oh man, drive through. What what a what an experience, what a label, what a group of bands. Um so I'm going to dive more into the merch. There's vinyl, there's merch, all kinds of stuff. I've been showing off mine. I'm going to show it off again. I got the splatter. I think you have a half and half as well. Yeah, ru half ruby, half baby blue. And they're both gorgeous. I've been on a splatter kick. Like any splatter vinyl I can get, I get my hands on. So I'm really thrilled to have this and and to add it to my collection. Uh, Rishi, th here's the question I really have for you. Bands and labels are really struggling to press vinyl right now. How the fuck did you do this? Well, I mean, you know, it's it's expensive. I mean, although, well, I almost knocked my computer down. Um, although the uh, if you look at the numbers, uh, I was just talking about this with Mark from Goalkeeper yesterday. Uh, if you look at if you look at growth, streaming is plateauing in many ways. It's still growing, but it's plateauing in comparison. Vinyl sales are up in the hundreds of percents over the last four or five years. I can tell you right now, I thought I printed too much vinyl and I'm about to make a post on our socials. There's only 10 splatters left of the tangerines uh, yellow splatter. Um, we, got, we got upwards of 400 of these printed too. So uh, the vinyl thing is just super tough. The problem with vinyl is planning the release. It takes so long. I put this order in in October and I wow. got the vinyl in at the end of February, early March. 
So it takes so long to do that. It's really hard. That's why people re-release it. So like bands will get their album out and everything will be streaming and they'll get a few physical CDs, which take like weeks now. Then they have to re-release vinyl in a year and add a song to it because it just, they can't wait for it. So the pandemic allowed us to plan a little better. We, you know, I love the merch. I, I the, the merch, the merch thing is um, something, believe it or not, I'm so old school that the merch thing was never my thing. It was always grind out, play shows, have one design, sell, sell shirts, sell CDs, and then leave, you know? Um, it's This is proving me wrong, this whole process. We have custom screen printed 18 by 24. I mean, there there are, it's it's the money here. I'm grabbing one, fuck this. Please, yes, please do. They're gorgeous. And I, I, you know, I'd love to see one right now. I'm almost back, I'm almost back, I'm almost back. <laughs> That's okay, some I'm quick back. movement. Um, these, these are, these are absolutely, um, I mean, they're humongous, first of all, but they're, you know, they're getting all these colors printed on a, on a, um, you know, on a, for screen print is super tough. Uh, we got them local Commonwealth press in Pittsburgh, uh, press them all. They're only limited to 35 and there's about 11 left. Um, I don't have all the merch with me. I, I literally, I literally, it's all in the basement where we practice, but we have, we have, um, you know, a mega bundle where you can get, you know, the vinyl and the hoodie. We've got new hoodies. We have dad hats. We have, um, you know, it's just, it's just another way, I mean, to, to build a revenue stream or to, you know, rep the brand. And like I said, I'm blown away. Um, I, I wish that, I wish we would have done this yesterday because I, I finished doing all the pre-orders yesterday and I'm hand, hand packages, packaging and handwriting notes to people like in every pack, almost every package. I don't know if I did one for you. You didn't do one for me. <laughs> It's okay. So it was mostly for all the Kickstarters. I did them for all the Kickstarter people. <laughs> wow. Fuck me. All right. See ya. No, I'm kidding. Um, so we, so it, it looked like a fucking, um, uh, post. It was, it just looked like a tornado hit in here before. Um, it's just cool. I don't know. It's really cool. Uh, we, I spent almost $8,000 in postage. How about that? Wow. So I fucked up real bad too. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I know Richie and fuck up. Don't really go hand in hand. No, it doesn't. I fucked up so bad on, um, some of the international shipping, I put a, I put a flat rate um, and we had about 11 packages going to Australia. And of those 11, eight of them were the mega bundles. So it cost almost $80 per package to send to Australia. And of course, you're not going to not get Randy Jackson's autograph. Of course, you're going to you're going you're gonna to send that no matter what. So, uh, yeah, so I kind of fucked myself and, and the band's. Uh, profit margins on those 11 <laughs> packages and other internationals, but it's worth it. I'd rather you get the record, you know, I'd rather you like it and enjoy it. So, uh, dude, and, and really, yeah, the bundles, uh, the different vinyl variants, there's different shirts. There's, I think a hoodie, um, it really, the whole package, uh, came together really nicely. I am curious though, how many people do you think you're going to hear from saying that the vinyl is warped or broken because you have to flip it to 45? Oh yeah. How about, so, okay. 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 That was a bit of a mistake. Okay. Oh. It was a bit of a mistake, but I, so, you know, the 45, the, the, the smaller the, the indents are on the, on the vinyl record, the better quality that will ultimately be when you play it. So I did get a few emails being like, why are you playing? Why is it? You sound like you're a monster in it. Dude, like, what's it happening was so ridiculous, Rishi. When I played it for the first time and had it on 33 and you're like, yo, <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa, boy, hit puberty, man. Like what? Are you, you have many that are, that are, most of them are on 33. Most are on 33, but I'll tell you, as you and I were talking off the air, I got the boys night out train wreck and that's a double LP at 45. So 45 so got, is more expensive. 
to get yep. made too. Um, and that's kind of where I fucked up. I knew I wanted the better quality because <laughs> again, the, the faster those are going through, the better the quality will ultimately be. Um, but I didn't realize when I got the quote afterwards that it was going to be as expensive as it was. But but yeah, I've gotten emails already being like, dude, I need a refund. And I'm like, just just switch that little button on your record. I know you just bought it two weeks ago from Walmart, but just flip it up and it'll be fine. Okay. Oh, man. I love seeing comments like that when it's something like really, it's just like, bloop, click the you button. You want to see comments? I'll show you my inbox for Four Core Music Festival once we're done talking about the, you know, bad news are over. Well, you know what? Let's. This is a good segment that, or segue right into uh, four chord, right? So, um, uh, man, one of the things that just blows me away about you, is, and there's so many things. I really, I know I've said this to you, and I don't know if you take compliments well. No, I don't. <laughs> but like, man, I've just always looked up to you. Like you've always oh, been. Oh, stop it! <laughs> I mean. Oh. I, dude, you know me, Chris Gates, Dan Knopp, dude, we all have looked up to you. You helped the bands that I was in. You've brought them into music videos. You shot one at Dan's house. I mean, oh my God, dude, <laughs> that was, that could have been bad. Oh, poor Dan. Dan moved out of that house. Like, he had to <laughs> fucking burn that thing to the ground after that day. It's, it's almost like if someone dies in the house, how can you go back? It's like, you can't go back into that house. I think after somebody what? did die during that video shoot. <laughs> Okay, no. So look, man, honestly, I've just always looked up to you and it is because of your dedication to the Pittsburgh music scene. But then, you know, you it seems like you wanted to go beyond that and and but still keep things rooted in Pittsburgh at the same time. And I think that's what four chord music the the label, the the branding and the inevitably the fest. I think that's what it is. It's a bigger footprint, but still giving opportunity for local bands in Pittsburgh or bands that you have been friends with who have helped you along the way. Patent pendings always on these things. Keep flying. Hit the lights. They're always on these things because you are loyal, as you said. This four chord music fest seven is the biggest and most ambitious lineup in the fest history with bands like Blink 182, The Used, State Champs, Mayday Parade, Four Year Strong, The Ataris, and a ton others. Now, talking to you in the past about previous four chord fests, and we've talked about these, I started spinning thoughts because I wanted to interview bands for four chord fest. I think it was like four or five or something like that. Um, there's always seems to be something though, dude, that just seems it goes wrong or something unexpected, uh, some unexpected adversity that just makes you question why you do this. And I thought after, you know, previous endeavors that, you know, it couldn't really become more challenging to pull this thing <laughs> off. And then there was COVID. I mean, bro, talk to me more about four chord music fest seven and we will talk more about the bands and stuff but really i'm more curious as to why the hell do you do this every time i talk to you i'm like fuck like why did this have to happen to you like Ugh, but then you man, persist what a question. yeah what a question man what a fucking question let's just so end it on the question yeah. <laughs> that's how good that was uh i am um i am a glutton for punishment is apparently <laughs> why i like doing this i mean listen i i you know I really, really, really love starting something from scratch, building it up, you know, you know, the band, I, I stuff, I just, and also my mentality is I just can't, when I stick to something, I do it. Like whether it's school, I mean, fuck, I've been in school my whole life, whether it's, you know, whether it's the band, whether it's, you know, the festival, whether it's, you know, any of the friends, you know, anything like, I mean, like I, I, I'm so, I'm just so, you know, there for it, hell or high water. And I mean, the festival is, again, a labor of love for sure. I mean, you know, last year, you know, people love creating these narratives about what happens and what's, you know, and I get it. You, you spend money on a product and you, you feel like you didn't get it, you know. 
Um, but for those that don't know, Four Core Music Fest 6 had The Offspring, and The Offspring canceled, uh, I think it was 11 and a half minutes before doors opened to the festival. Um, we're talking thousands of people waiting out, waiting in line. VIP is open. Bands are performing at VIP. Wrestling had started. And I got the phone call about 11, you know, some, and whatever. I don't fucking care if the Osprey sees this. I mean, it was fucking, whatever the fucking reason was, it's not reason enough as far as I'm concerned. Um, Agreed. You know, but I understand shit happens, you know, you know, and, and that was the, I had about, there was, there was three people in the room when, when the phone call came in. And those are the only other people that have ever seen me in a sheer panic mode. Uh, there was a moment where I was like, I'm driving home. I'm going to go to my bed. I'm going to put the covers up and pretend like this didn't happen. Um, but for people that went to four core, like it ended up being ridiculously great. I mean, that, and that's, what's just what's so great about, about, um, you know, the festival and the, and the scene. I mean, you know, like simple plan, for example, was the main support to the offspring. Like, I went into their to their tour manager. I'm like, hey man, I'm like, I got some fucked up news. Uh, and he goes, Offspring's not playing, are they? Oh. I was like, <laughs> like, why didn't you tell me this fucking three days ago, dude? Um, and uh, I go, yeah. I go, uh, they go, it's cool. Uh, Simple Plan, we'll play for 35 more minutes, um, dude. Fucking Simple Plan covered an Offspring song like in like in like a derogatory way. It was so it was it was so cool. And so so of all the people, right? And like, I offer refunds to anybody that did not use the ticket. So before anybody walked into the gate, there was a sign that said the offspring has just canceled unexpectedly. Uh, if you walk in the show and you scan your ticket, you will not be eligible for a refund. If you came for the offspring, turn around, don't use the ticket and email this email address. And dude, of all the thousands of tickets sold, there were 220 refunds. That's it. Oh, so that to me, that says... That that says that that you know people and nobody nobody had a bad thing to say about it. It was just the setup That's was correct. so good. We were there overnight, man. There was a soccer game at the stadium. It was at that ended at nine p.m. the day before. We built the entire thing from nine p.m. until nine in the morning. Uh, I mean, it was it was hell, and I'll never do it like that again. But um, <laughs> it, it is very tough, you know. But in the end of the day. Uh, I, I don't know. It's like, it's like you become Angelo from spinning thoughts. Like that's your identity. You know what I mean? Like without that, maybe you, of course it'll end someday and eternal boy will end someday and four quarter will end someday, but you know, it becomes part of who you are. So it's like, you know, if you don't try to push through, then what, what are you saying about what it is that you feel strongly about? So this year, um, you know, well, last year, I guess that is now <laughs> last year. Uh, I, I had been courting blink for a long time and for, uh, those that didn't know, I had, I had really almost had Blink for two, for the Four Core Music Festival 6, but uh, it was a long story, but long story short, they ended up bringing Lil Wayne on tour with them. They wanted way too much money, and I never was informed that Lil Wayne was part of the package, so it just didn't work mutually. It just didn't work. And um, so this year, I courted them very hard, uh, and thankfully, the agency that represents Blink also represented The Offspring. And they were very, very empathetic uh, towards that experience. Um, and they, and again, I handled it. I took it on the chin, man. You know, to the agency, I wanted to ream them by the next, but I didn't. You know, um, they were very, very, very good about everything. I mean, they say I have nothing bad to say about this agency that's humongous. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, listen, I want Blink. Uh, you know, can we get it done? They said sure. Um, and it, once you get Blink, I mean, it's 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 you. you 
I mean, it's, there's no going back. And it's at that point, you can pretty much get any band you want. Uh, yeah. That's what happened. I announced on a, a Friday. Uh, they went on tickets went on sale on a Friday in last March and the entire United States shut down on the following Tuesday. So uh, that was that. Um, that was we waited that. a little bit. Um, and uh, Blink's, Blink's people called and said, like, listen, I, mess- I told them, I'm like, this can't happen. Um, this is my dream come true. I'm going to cry myself to sleep tonight, but that will be the only day that I will do that. And then uh, we just talked about the new date, which is July 17th, 2021. And who would have fucking thought maybe that won't happen now. Um, so, you know, we're talking now about um, it's it's we're talking about pushing it to the fall. Um, you know, it's again, it's you, it's moving mountains, dude. Yeah. I mean, moving to get the schedule of one of those 15 bands is impossible to line up. Now you yep. got to get it to 15 of those 15. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very tough, but I get solace in knowing that every person is going through something 10 times worse than what I'm going through. So that's that. Dude, there, you, you really provide a lot of inspiration. I mean, for real, like the DIY scene, um, what you've been doing for Pittsburgh for the, the four chord music fest, all the adversity. I mean, you easily could have given up. You could have just said, fuck it for all the thousands of people still, still there at four chord six and just went home. Dude, I don't know how you stayed. I, I, I would have been absolutely devastated. But again, I said this at the beginning, and I think I just want to make you blush again. I look up to you, man, and it's because of these things that you do. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry. So look, um, something in most more re- every music fest that you do for four chord, you re- almost try to do something different, something to engage other audiences to because pr- it's about building a community, and the community is not just one dimensional, right? What are you most excited for about Four Chord Seven? Uh, that's kind of beyond the music. Are you doing anything unique in, in for this iteration? Lot, lot of, lot of. Uh, I mean, again, I'd love one day to get to, for 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 the public to somehow see what a normal email day goes like, or what a normal day. I mean, lots of opportunity. Lots of people, you know, all of a sudden now want to collaborate. But when I asked them five years ago when it started, they did, and I get it. You have to prove yourself. Um, in terms of other things happening, uh, we will. There will be some uh, new additions. We're likely going to do wrestling again. Uh, we, when I say we, I mean me. It's so weird. It's, it's fun. It's fun saying we. It makes you feel like you're like people work for you, but there's nobody. Um, and uh, I'm I'm going to try to add uh, installation art. I've been talking to a local artist uh, that will essentially create a a huge piece um, at the show. Maybe we can uh, auction it away with charity. Uh, working with nonprofits this year, we we have uh, we have a music video coming up for Eternal Boy that is related to this nonprofit too, which is a, a cool thing we have coming up. But uh, Biggie's Bullies is a nonprofit that we uh, really feel strongly about um, that we're going to collaborate with at Four Core this year and futures to come. And uh, we have some kind of uh, circusy type people that are going to be coming around, breathing fire and um, things like that. Because you got to think now. I mean, you know you got to provide a little more to the consumer once, once you start getting at the, this level. I mean, people go to Warped Tour, there's all sorts of shit going on, you know, and this is essentially, we'll never replace Warped Tour, but this, I'm divinely inspired by Kevin Lyman and everything he did. So to say that this isn't like Warped Tour 2.0 for Western PA would be a lie. Um, that's exactly, you know, what we'll do. So there'll be collaborations. Again, a lot of stuff is still TBD, you know, I mean, it's like, a lot of collaborations like are like let's put on hold till we know that you know this is gonna this is gonna really work. And yeah, you know, I've got a lot of emails not not to switch the subject back to COVID. 
I get maybe 30 emails a day from people telling me that there's no way this can happen. There's no way. So I want everyone to know that, you know, even there's listening to this or I'm thinking of going, I mean, there is nobody on planet earth that takes COVID more seriously than I do. Uh, and you know, my first, my first suggestion would be people go get vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. I don't have a third eye yet. Um, <laughs> I have a third leg, but I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, so, so, uh, go get vaccinated, but, Otherwise, you know, we're going to be, I mean, I'm, you know, I've been talking to a lot of the people, uh, you know, at at the venue saying, how about we test every person that comes in? What's that going to cost? What do we need to do? You know? So I hope if it, if, and when it happens, I think it's more leaning towards the, when it happens, not if, uh, you know, we're going to, it's going to be as safe as it, it possibly can for, for this, for this virus. I believe it. Uh, when you do something like you said, you you do it right. You see it from start to finish. And um, uh, there's, I mean, look, Blink One Eighty Two. You're you're not going to let down Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> oh my God, Blink! Listen, I get chills. I, I, I remember talking to you for Four Chords Six when it was the starting line, and how four, bl- four, four, four was that four? Was it four? Four, four was, was four. Line, four Chord Five was. Bayside. I love how I'm. I love how I'm questioning you. Like, I love how I'm questioning you who... Are you sure it's four? Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's a starting line here. That's why. Four Chord Four had one of my favorite bands, a starting line. So, you know, um, I know that that one blew you away. We talked about that. I got to actually, because of it, I got to interview Kenny Vasoli myself, which um, I was on a podcast. I was, for one of the few times ever, somebody was interviewing me, and I was asked, what is my bucket list guess and I already said I checked off one. And it, it Kenny Vasoli, man, like the starting lines of my top five favorite bands, that's including bands like I love Zeppelin and Floyd. I'm putting them up there with bands from 60s, 70s. They are top five for me. I love the starting line. Well, but, well how about we get how about we get Mark from Blink to be on your show? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Uh, <laughs> what, what, what's what's I mean, I mean, I, obviously I can't guarantee that, but of course we'll make the conversation happen. That'd be fucking awesome. Bert from the use. Uh Bert's uh, so on Bert as well, my other answer of my next bucket list guest is Bert McCracken. It's no joke. I love the use. They're my one of my favorite bands. He, so. I mean, I hear he's I hear he doesn't do many interviews, but we, you know, he's he lives in Australia now. You know that? I didn't know that. But that you know, that dude, anything he does, um, wouldn't surprise me. And I think he's just one of the coolest I don't I've never met him, but I just fucking love him. I fucking love the guy. How can you love somebody you've never met? I don't know, maybe because they make awesome music. Um <laughs> great frontman, great frontman. Absolutely. Uh, and he's been through a journey too, just with his vocals and things like that. And um, anyways, this lineup for four chord, it's epic. Um, and again, one of the shining stars is you have bands like Blink-182 and The Used, and we talked about them. But I also just want to throw out other bands like Eternal Boy playing, Keep Flying, Lookout Loretta, which is a badass band from Pittsburgh. Fortune Cove, which as we mentioned, is on uh, four chord, the label and a few others. So you, sh- you, you, sh- you share the love, man, even with bands that like, honestly, think about it. Like, I I couldn't imagine like playing as an opener for Blink One Eighty Two. You're making dreams come true. Dude, I'm making my own dream come true. Fuck everybody else. <laughs> this is my dream. This is nobody else's dream. No, but I mean, again, I get some shit. I get some shit messages from bands. You put the same four bands on the show. Hey, dude, come come hang out, man. I'm easy to get along with, and I'll make you laugh more than most people. Absolutely, and like ah. you said, you're loyal. You're 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 loyal. You take care of your friends. Um, Rishi. Um. I appreciate you very much. You, I consider you a friend, and I'm grateful for that. Um, before we go, I'd like to give you the opportunity to uh, add anything else that um, maybe I didn't mention, correct anything that I could have fucked up, or any final words. Uh, first of all, uh, I want to say I've known Angelo for a very long time. 
Uh, I'm, I, I was thinking today, when was the moment I remember meeting you? And I remember, though I know I met you probably before that, is Mr. Small's Theater in Pittsburgh. Angelo was in a band called the Skunk 11, a ska band that had literally, how many people were in that band? 11 members. At, at 11. That, yeah, at that point. Oh, Skunk 11, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> 11 people in the Skunk 11. He was one of them. Uh, they played a battle of the bands. And uh, did you guys win that? No, Masters of the Universe won. The Skunk 11 has never won a, a battle of the bands, and I think it's the reason why we quit. <laughs> Great reason to quit playing music. But I just want to say I've known Angelo for very long. I've known him and all of his uh, uh, consigliers, uh, Chris Gates, who was in his band, uh, Dan Canop, who we mentioned, who we shot our Party Foul music video. These dudes have been some – I mean, Brandon, uh, yeah. Eric, all those – I mean, these dudes have been – like proponents and supporters of the Pittsburgh music scene for so long. So where you can sit here and, and give me praise, I it is it doesn't happen without people like you and your friends going to shows, me going to shows. That's why I go to every fucking show. So thank you very much for what you do. Um, but again, Bad Days Are Over is out April 30th. Uh, th this is it. It's the next two weeks is, is going to determine um, whether we are going to be famous or we're going to stay the same. I'm kidding. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, please go stream the music wherever you stream music. Um, it'll be available everywhere. I think that there's something for everybody on this. And all we ask for you is to give us a chance. We will let you down. <laughs> Why don't you quit laughing? Oh, I'm not that funny. Tell my wife that. I'm I'm fucking funny. She doesn't laugh at anything I say. Well, have her watch this episode. She'll see. I'm like, I'm red in the face. I'm laughing. Dude, I love having you on. Uh, Rishi Ball from Eternal Boy. Thanks for being here for episode 216. Thanks so much, Angel. Once again, I want to thank Rishi from Eternal Boy for being here for episode 216 of Spinning Thoughts. Make sure you go and pre-order, pre-save, and check out the new album, Bad Days Are Over from Eternal Boy. It's available as of April the 30th. Four Chord Music Fest 7. Let's see what happens. Fingers crossed. Make sure you're following us on all social media at Spin Thoughts. Our website is thespinningthoughts.com. We'll be back again soon. Until next time, make sure you share music, spread love.